This podcast is brought to you by Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Studio. Contact them at gettoasted at toastedmarshmallowadventures.com for all of your podcast production needs. Good morning and welcome to Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. Uh, good morning and welcome to our show. It's Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with hashtag Princess Amy and Mo. We are really excited to have our guest speakers today. We have the head trainer from 3D Fitness and his wife. They own the gym. A little bit about them that I know is that I train there. The gym is small. It's old school. It's badass. And I was, I'm super pumped up. Today I was, I was in my car. I was listening to David Goggins going live with Joe Rogan. I was like, oh, rawr. Like, we got like a beast in the house. Like, if you see this guy, like, he's just like big. He's like a beast. He's like huge. Um, I've seen him lifting in the gym i've seen him lifting in the gym probably when he's not supposed to be lifting in the gym but he will power through pain like nobody's business so when i was listening to that podcast on the way home from utah yesterday i was like oh my god charlie's that's charlie that's him i'm so excited to have him over just because i there's this there's always this thought in my head that i wish i could do what you do and i do it in my head i just physically i never get to accomplish what Charlie does. Oh, I just introduced him. But that's okay. okay well, so <laughs> you you got to think to yourself, what comes first? Motivation or movement? Movement? Movement. Movement. Thank exactly. you. So, so let me don't properly introduce <laughs> our guest speakers now. Uh, Charlie and Mary, the owners of 3D Fitness, have come to sit with us and share their story and their success. We're really excited for them. I'm not going to talk too much. I'm going to let him share from the beginning. I originally did not by Charlie's appearance, did I think he is the person who I've come to know through him sharing his life with me a little bit. And really, I have like mad respect for where you are and how you've impacted my life. And it's very awesome to see you guys work together. So let's hear more about your yeah. your yeah. story. Thank you for Welcome. being here. Yeah, thank you for being here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about... Where did this begin? This I Googled you and I, and I and I'm like, oh my goodness, like how do you get to the point to where you decide to to look a certain way? Like what drives you to be this human? So um what drives me as far as my physical appearance is the attraction to younger people because um I don't know if you're old enough, but there used to be a cartoon um called He-Man and so it was like uh, the more muscle you had, the more manly you were. And, you know, every kid wants to be a superhero, mm -hmm. you know. So um, I, I use my body to kind of get in with, you know, younger people or even older people, you know, you know, anybody, um, you know, because everybody's always stopping me like or joking around like, oh, man, how much do you lift? You know, I'm like, that's eh. the question, right? It was like, <laughs> well, it's, it's like, how much do you bench? Do you even lift, bro? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I usually say, well, how much does it look like I lift? And whatever they say, I go, yeah, that's about right. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, so so that, that's one of the things that, you know, motivates me to keep 
you know, um, a healthy looking, you know, body, you know, is, is to use it as a, a um, like an introduction, I okay. guess, you know, because, you know, sometimes kids are shy, but if they're super curious, they're like, you know, they'll run up and be like, Hey man, how much do you lift? And then it kind of breaks the ice to where I could get in and, you know, kind of meet them and, and, you know, kind of see, you know, what they're about. Yeah. Yeah. One question that I've always wanted to ask somebody who looks um, a certain way that you do is how do you get past the point of pain? You don't. Uncomfortableness. Um, really being this big, there is no, um, um, no comfortable, even when you're sleeping, your arms go asleep um, because your biceps are pushing on the nerves, you know, and your elbows and stuff like that. Um, you, uh, you get inflammation in your knees. Um, so it's, it's, it's not really comfortable um, being five foot four and over 210 pounds. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and, and I'm, sometimes I get excited about like, you know, bringing myself back to around 170, you know, 165, but. I wish I was 165. (laughs) (laughs) I look like I'm 130, but I'm not 60. You might be I'm like 170, but look. (laughs) So no, I hear you. Oh man. Okay. I'm. Sorry, I'm very excited about so this. So a lot, a lot of things go into working out and people having a passion for it. And it's not a huge part of the population in America that has the drive. So I want to know what drives your motivation. And reading through your bio, I was wondering if you could kind of take us back a little bit and tell us a little bit of your history and if that correlated with where you've gotten to now. So if you could kind of. Yeah. Um, so when I was um, growing up, um, so I started, I started actually exercising in 1981. So I, mean, I was I'm, born in 1981. I was not born. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit older. So I was actually four years old. Um, and what happened was I, I started wrestling. Um, and then I realized that from the, I guess the sport or the exercise or whatever, it kind of gave me an escape from reality, you know? And, and so that's, that was my uh, my big attraction to it is because nothing else mattered because all I was thinking about was the exercise that I was doing. And even at a young age, um, like I remember wrestling and I'd be the first one, you know, matter of fact, I had a key to the wrestling room. Um, so I'd be the first one there, you know, and usually, you know, I'd be the last one, you know, in the evening because I really didn't want to go home, you know, and that was like, uh, you know, how people go out um, and drink and, you know, kind of escape reality. Well, mine was you know, in the gym. And then I also, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, some aggression and stuff like that. So, you know, it really helped me channel, you know, in a good way, you know, being, you know, kind of aggressive. Yeah. So if we're kind of talking about that, those are kind of like the coping skills that we are. Yeah. And to some extent, so I'm a, I'm a trauma therapist. So one of the things I know is that the body remembers, right. The mind not, it might shut down, right? So a lot of times that what we do is we overcompensate, we attack the body to prevent us from thinking or feeling past events. So in your experience, when I, when I see people that dedicated, I don't generally say coping skills are good. I actually hate coping skills because people will turn to them almost as a cop out to prevent them from becoming better. But I, I feel like when I, when I see your story, I'm like, you've transformed that coping skill into something different. 
to, to for like almost to the next step to say yes i am one of a million that can turn one thing into something better how do you get from 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 that step and i think that's why because i see i see a lot of people who are wanting to be do what you do but they're overcompensating they can't seem to get that past that point yeah what what drives you past that point because that's where people like get stuck is there yeah. one skill away or one step away from reaching the goal yeah. getting the gold like getting the trophy per se like making it and so, then they give up like what drives you past that like i'm reading your story i literally have it pulled up your bio and i'm thinking oh yeah i don't i don't think i could do that yeah i i've <laughs> I don't think I could live through that. Like that's painful, and I I would want to. How have, shut down. have I been able to transform something negative into something positive? So it, um, it's all mental, you know. The brain is is so freaking complex, and so um, so what I did was I, I trained my subconscious with my conscious, and I decided I'm not going to be a victim, you know, because I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they they play the victim role and then they say i can't because or i can't man there is nothing you cannot do just how bad do you want to do it the thing is 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 if a if a person wants to be a million millionaire there's no reason that you can't be a millionaire and, and me be a millionaire it's just how bad do you want it and are you willing to put up the time and figure out the path to get to what you want and that's all goals in life that's fitness goals, um, that's uh, relationships, um, that's everything that you want to work on. So the, what 3D fitness stands for is discipline, dedication, and determination. Those are the three Ds in life. And it doesn't just apply to exercise, it applies to anything. If you're willing to put in the time and and um, put in the work, so it, it, everything takes work. If, if there's a value on it, you're gonna work for it. Usually if it's free or comes easy, there's no value. You know, so what I did was I just decided, okay, you know what? You know, I've been a victim almost my whole life. You know, well, this is back when I was in my 20s. Um, and I just decided, no, man, I, I, I went through this for a reason. So now I'm not a victim. I'm a superhero. If can that kind of like, makes sense. Can just, just can, for our audience, can you like take us into that like life experience? Like give us an example. Like what are you talking about? Like what's this pain? It, like what? And I know you mentioned in my 20s. It is so important for the brain to be able to identify a time or an issue that really made an impact and said, that's it. From, from this moment on, I will transform. And, and, and almost like it, something gets into you. So was there any specific event? Was there a friend or there's a coworker, a therapist? I don't know. So Mary, person, like when Mary. did she come into the whole picture? <laughs> so I'll, I'll start... Um, not all the way, all the way back, but so as as a child, um, my my mother um, having a baby wasn't really a priority, even though I know that she loves me to death. Um, she just um, had other priorities, you know, drinking, um, you know, being social, you know, um, dating stuff like that. So I was always kind of on the back burner, you know, um, and so I got abused a lot by her boyfriends. Um, you know, I'm going to name drop because um, I just want, you know, there's a, a man, he still lives here in Idaho. His name's Dennis Cabrera. Um, he's an older man now. He's probably in his 70s, you know. Um, but he used to think it was fun to fill up the dish sink 
with as hot as water as he can make it and give me 10 minutes to get the dishes done or I'd catch a beating. You know, so either I, you know, and, and remember, I was only maybe eight years old or maybe 10 years old. So those are like the kind of things that I went through, you know, as a kid. Um, and then and, and the, there was another, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, situations, you know, growing up. I mean, these men didn't like me because my father, he was in and out of prison, you know, as, as I was growing up. And so my mom would get these boyfriends to kind of help around, you know, take care of things, you know, bills, stuff like that. But they never liked me because I was in love with my father. And so I would always let them know, yeah, till my father gets here. And so I would, you know, usually catch beatings, you know, for that. Um, and then, you know, it just, it, it kind of went on and went on. And then I, I would lie. I would tell stories. I would, I would, I was so fake that I completely lost, or actually maybe I never knew who I really was. You know, um, I, I started making up this image and the fact that I was a really good athlete, I would hide behind that. So nobody would ever come to my house or nobody ever really knew who I was. All they seen is what I would let them in the, the, the bullshit stories that I would make up, you know, to try to make myself look better, you know, and, and I still sometimes to this day, you know, I catch myself doing it and, and my wife will pull me up like, and I, I tell myself, okay, you know what, you know, we're, we're not telling no stories today. And it's not so much stories. It's, it's like maybe exaggerating a little bit of the truth, you know, just to make myself, you know maybe feel better or look better or what when, when it's, it's just fake. And I try to not be fake anymore. I try, and I'm not ashamed to be like, you know what, that wasn't all the truth. You know, I, I put a little bit of bullshit in there, you know? Yeah. I think there's something about coming to terms with just like your truth and being honest that empowers you to be more successful, have more drive, more motivation and the ability to reach out to more people on different levels because like, there's just no BS anymore. Like it, like it's all gone. And yeah. so it, you don't have to watch your back and there's, this is who you are. This and, is how you. And like we were talking before we started the podcast is, is like, just be a straight shooter, you know, just, you know, stand on your own two feet, be a man's man, you know, um, you know, who you are is who you are. So accept it, live it and love it. So. I, I went pro, so I wrestled for a long time. Then I went pro. I, I started uh, mixed martial arts in 1995. I went pro in 2000. Um, I got in trouble um, for a violent crime in 2006. And when I got in trouble, um, they made me register um, as a weapon, you know, because of special training stuff. You you have to be when you fight somebody, you have to tell somebody, "Hey, I am, I'm, I'm trained to do this certain thing. If you want to fight me, it's okay. But if you don't say that, I, I just carry a waiver around with me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, then, I, Mary actually probably carries it for warning, you. Yeah. Warning, warning, warning. <laughs> and, and then I tell him, I said, hey, listen, before you do this, go ahead and Google my name. And if you still want to do it, then sign Then we're in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And if you beat me, I'll give you 50 bucks. <laughs> yep. Or you buy my drinks today. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in, in 2006, um, I got in trouble. Uh, they, uh, so I was housed completely by myself, um, for six months. And in that six months, um, you know, my whole life I've lied to myself. I made these stories I you know, um, you know, made me to be something that I really wasn't. I started, you know, listening to people, you know, all this stuff. Well, in that six months, I had nobody in that room, but me. And your thoughts. And my thoughts. Oh, that's a scary place. It really was. I did a yeah. lot of crying. I did, you know, and, and you know, like I said, I'm not a, a, a religious per se, but 
while I was in there, I, I read the Bible, you know, um, and I'm not a very good reader, you know, so, you know, it took me a little while. You're a good fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of weird because it kind of, I related to it a lot, like, like the story of David, you know, um, you know, getting so full of yourself that, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta realize that, you know, you're blessed for a reason, you know, and David, he kind of took advantage of it and then, you know, started, you know, messing with Uriah's wife, sent Uriah off for war, you know, um, but I'm, I'm not trying to get, you know, too into that, but preach it, preach it, yeah. preach oh, yeah. it. Bring it. This is why we're here. We don't, you look, you've cussed and you're preaching like, yeah. I think hey. you're the first, bring it. But here's the thing is, is this is something that I've realized about myself and everybody around me. We're all human. When you start walking on water, then you can judge me. And until I start walking on water, I can't judge you. So just because you did something, you know, that I don't approve of, I'm sure there's tons of stuff that I do that you don't approve of, but still accept me, you know, and, and, you know, bring it to my attention, like being a straight shooter. Hey, if you see something that, you know, is off, say, Charlie, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. And that gives me an opportunity to look at it because to tell you not to do something like look at you, like people are intimidated by you. <laughs> and that's another, hurdle, you know, because it, it sometimes <laughs> Until works you get to favor, and then sometimes it doesn't because I think a lot of people get the wrong impression of me because of the way that I look. And it's like, Ooh, you know, he's arrogant or he's, you know, I'm full of himself or like, it took me a long time to, you know, wear a tank top in public just because I, I felt like, okay, I kind of need to hide this, you know, until I need to use it, you know, um, because I didn't want people to get the wrong impression. And I do like talking to people and I don't want people not coming up to me, you know, because they think, oh, look at this guy trying to show off or, you know, you know, whatever the case. And maybe that's just me, you know, with distorted thinking, thinking that other people would assume that of me. But you know, sometimes I look at people and, you know, I'm thinking, ah, they probably shouldn't be wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So take me back to this room. Okay. Like you're patted down for like six months. So six months. Uh, I'm you're interested like a, in about this room. Me too. That's so you're not like how a, humans are supposed to live, right? So. No, not at all. You're but like in this like war through. zone with yourself, like this battle with your mind. Like I want to, I want to get there. I want to be in it. Um, so when I first went in there, um, I was, I was pretty scared the whole time and I wasn't scared like physically like I wasn't scared of anybody hurting me I was scared of me like that might sound a little confusing but I was scared because now I knew that I had to face me because I didn't have anybody to keep me company but me and you know we spent well I spent a lot of my life lying to myself you know and forgetting about memories and, and making up new memories that weren't even real, but I could actually see them like they were real, you know, because I'd lied to myself so long about, you know, things. Um, so I'm in this room and, uh, for the first probably two weeks, you know, I'm kind of adjusting, I'm trying to get the routine of, you know, when the meals come, you know, stuff like that, you know, and I'm still, you know, fake going through my little stories in my head and stuff like that. And then it got to where I don't really know what happened. I just remember it was, it was late. And um, I was just sitting there, and in my head, I thought, if I was to write my own obituary, what would I write about myself? And then I was kind of like, boy, I don't know, because I don't even know myself. You know, I mean, when you, when you think about it, an obituary, that's supposed to, you know, tell everything about you and, and what kind of person you were and what, what kind of life you lived and how many people you helped or how many people you hurt and, you know, and, and I had absolutely no idea, no idea where to start that obituary. And so that was kind of a reality of like, 
holy shit, Charlie, you don't know who you are. So you're like, I, I just have this image of like, you're like this big tough guy, like this shell, right? And on the inside, it's just like empty space. Dead, dead. I, I, I don't know. But if I'm listening right now, I am thinking of that question. I am lingering that question and saying, if I were to write, I would write, uh, write my obituary right now. What could I write? Right. And how do you see yourself? And how do you see yourself? And who really are you? And looking at yourself is one of the hardest things to do. It's painful. It's, it's scary. Torture. It's miserable. Yeah. It, and it's very scary. It's scary. It, and I think also um, we're influenced a lot by uh, social media and stuff like that to uh, start believing that, yes. you know, le- that we want to be something that. So and here's another thing that I believe. I believe that if you're trying to act like somebody else or try to be somebody else, you're never going to be 100%. But what you can be 100% at as being yourself. So instead of, you know, you might pick up, you know, certain traits or, or hair design or, you know, styles or, or, you know, fashion, but always be yourself because you will never be a hundred percent of somebody else, but you will be a hundred percent of yourself. And once you realize that, then you're a better you because you just take the time to get to know you and who really am I? Instead of being like uh, Justin Timberlake, nah, I'm Charlie Fortick, you know? And the reason I said Justin Timberlake is because that guy's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal dancer. <laughs> the first time I saw artist. him on the Victoria's Secret show. And he dies in a movie and comes back to life. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the first time I met Justin Bieber. You did? Well, okay. He was on TV, okay? Oh. It was a Victoria's Secret show. I watch it every year. And it was JT. Media. Talk about like, media, right? <laughs> I'm like, love of my about. life. JT, yes. Bring it. Okay. Sexy back. It was good. You are, if I were to Google you... You you sound like Seth Rogen. What is that guy name from? Is it Rogen something Rogen? Joe Rogen. Joe Rogen. Yeah, he sounds like you him. sound a lot like him. So uh, I met Joe Rogan back <laughs> when I was in mixed martial arts. You sound a lot like him. But what I'm what I'm trying to get is, is people think or people out there that if you look a certain way, you can't feel, look a certain way, or even shed tears. In that moment, did, did you cry tears? Oh, I I. I I think I cried myself to sleep almost every single night. Um, and, and this is the other thing is for comfort. I held that Bible next to my chest, like cuddling it. it sounds very strange, but it gave me the comfort that I needed to allow myself to get to know myself because, you know, nobody wants to walk through the world alone, you know, and, and by me being extremely alone because I didn't know who I was, at least I had God, you know, to kind of shelter me until I got to know who I was to where I could shelter myself. Is that, Kind of makes sense. Yes, it totally does. And yes. for someone who hasn't been, was it prison or just jail? It was prison. For for someone who hasn't been to prison, it, it it's kind of weird, you no? Know, because because they wouldn't understand. No, it's just you know, it's just a book, or yeah, I read the book, or I, I believe in God, but I don't read it. To me, that's very powerful. The idea that someone with your physique in today's culture in America, where the strongest, we believe this thing, that a man can just sit there and, and sob. Yeah. Because in America, if you cry, you're weak. I See, I, I think the different. I think there's nothing like a good cry. Thank you. <laughs> I love that you say that. Yeah. It really does. It might, it might sound a little girly or whatever, but man, I'm telling you, when I'm having a rough day and I have to go in the bathroom and I just break down for a minute, I feel refreshed. I feel like, all oh, right, man, I can I'm take on go. the world. Yeah. Start yeah. over. So a cry, man, cry. Yes. In order to experience happiness, you have to experience the opposite, right? Yes, for every up 
there's a down. Exactly. Um, like there's no yin without the yang, you know? So, but here's the thing is, is so what I've kind of learned in life is our perception is what it is. So like the truth is what you make. You it. don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So if I decide to look at something in a pessimistic, well, then I'm going to be a negative person. But if I look at things optimistic, like, like, okay, so not everybody gets first place, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what did you learn by coming in, you know, fourth place? You know, so it's not, oh man, I didn't get first. It's like, okay, what did I learn? What do I need to do to better myself? So if you use, so, so we cannot make it through life without failing. You just can't. There's going to be something that you do that you fail at. Do you feel along your path? That you've had failure and oh, some of goodness. it's been huge and some of it's been not so bad. Huge, huge. Okay, um, so, and do you feel like the comebacks from the huge fail is like way better than small failure? Like, absolutely. I think um, what I've done is I've used every failure, not every failure, I can't say that. Um, I've used a lot of my life experiences, you know, as failing, as learning experiences and what I don't want to do or how not to do it that way again. You know, and, and it, it takes some time. Sometimes, you know, it, it, you have to create a pattern to get out of a, a bad habit, you know. Um, and so, you know, living my life for so long the way that I was, man, it was, I mean, it's still rough, you know. And I, and I got to thank my wife to this day, you know, in, in the last five years, I've changed even more since I've been married because now I have not just my voice, but I have my wife's voice saying, uh, Charlie, yeah, you might want to rethink that. Or, um, you know, and I give her a hard time. I'm not the easiest guy to, I'm very stubborn. I'm very like stuck in my way, you know. Um, <laughs> she's over here nodding her head. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for admitting that. Yes. I'm going to record this. <laughs> this is recorded. This arguments. is recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your own words. <laughs> yeah, I'm not easy. And, and you could ask anybody, you know, I'm, I'm very like structured. I'm very, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm, very thankful for having her very like you wouldn't even know like people talk about marriage and like oh yeah you know and, and sometimes people get married for um for uh um comfort or for um uh just convenience you know um but no i really i don't i and people might say this a lot but i really don't see myself with anybody else but my wife um, she compliments me so much and she makes me who I am, you know, and I really believe that I'm a better person even today. I think, I think every day I'm a better person. Um, and I listen to inspirational videos in the mornings, you know, just to make sure, okay, what am I going to do today to make today better than uh, yesterday? And what am I going to do today to make tomorrow easier? You know, I'm, I'm very, very mental. Like everything starts with a thought, you know, um, thoughts drive behavior. Behavior is who you are, you know? So what are you going to focus your thoughts on? You know, and and that goes back to, okay, you know, with every up, there's a down with every left, there's a right. So which path do I want to follow? Do I want to be honorary and be the person I was? And this is another thing is, is I was a very, very violent person. Um, I, I wasn't happy. Um, I told stories. Um, my, uh, the man that raised me, um, he was a convicted killer. Um, but not just that he got convicted, uh, he got convicted, but he was a very violent person and I seen a lot of things, you know, at a young age that I probably shouldn't have seen. And to me, it made it acceptable because I just thought that's how life was. Well, you don't want you know, don't know. You don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And, and one of the things that I am so happy that you said this and it didn't come from my mouth. Yes. Because when I say this and I try to teach this to people, they're like, 
Hmm. Either they, they, they accept it or they don't. You said, I was a violent person. Nine out of 10 people would say I'm an angry person. And, and, and I'm like, oh. I'm not angry. Completely different. I'm scared. Completely different. Because if you hurt, if you push anything, you are violent. But if you're angry, all you're trying to do is protect. Right. Protect, because protect. anger is a secondary emotion. Anger, the, the ultimate outcome of, of anger is always to protect. But if people don't understand the difference between protect and anger, then ultimately it becomes one. And then violence becomes the initial one. So you step on my brand new Jordans and I'm going to hit you. <laughs> right? By default. And, you by just, default. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say like, and, and people ask you, why'd you do that? I don't know. So I'm very happy that I'm, I'm I just, I'm stoked when I, when I hear people actually understand you were violent. Absolutely. You were violent. Very violent. And, and I 100% agree with you because I was violent without emotion. I wasn't mad. It was just, um, so at a, at a younger age, um, I got, you know, um, kind of following my father's footsteps. And so I would, you know, collect money to, you know, collect things from people or, or, you know, let people know like, Hey, you don't do that no more, you know? Um, and sometimes they'd fly me out of state, you know? Um, so yeah, when I say violent, I mean, that's a very, very ugly, ugly place to live, you know, inside of me. So then what started happening is I started really beat myself up because of the things that, because I have a good heart. Shame, shame kicks yeah. in, you know, but then it almost fed the beast. It made it, you know, because I was scared and I was hurt and I didn't like the person that I was, I would continue to do the act and continue to do the act. And, and that he goes all the way back to training your brain, you know, use your conscious to train your subconscious. So what I'd done is I trained my subconscious with my conscious to, okay, this is how you deal with it. And then I just started, I'm a mean person. I'm a mean person. I'm going to hurt you. You know, even as a fighter, you know, I got a reputation of, or even as a wrestler, even at a young age, man, I would hurt people because in my head, I thought I would win the match if I could get people mentally scared of me before they even wrestled me. Right. You know, and it just carried on to my adult life to where if I'm violent, people don't want to be around me. So they'll never see who I really am. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Well, laws of attraction. Yeah. It, it, I've been at the barbershop and someone walks in and I'm like, oh man, I better get out of here. Right? Because you understand that this person is not a good person. You do not want to be around them. So by default, you win without even fighting. Yeah. I mean, that's just how, but, but you have to be consciously aware in that moment to understand what is happening in the present. Because if you don't, then that's where you end up in places at the wrong time, at the wrong time. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, this is, oh, I wish I could just take you to my jobs and be like, Lee, listen to listen this guy. Listen to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you're talking about, and I can tell you've been listening to motivation speeches because if you don't have a good therapist, I always say, listen to motivation speeches, listen to these two people, and you don't need a therapist. Because they will rewire how you feel and think. When you were talking about waking up early, the first 20 minutes of what you do in life as you wake up will determine how you will respond to each situation. Everything. Mm -hmm. So if I wake up and I hit myself in the corner of the bed and I'm like, oh my gosh, someone cuts me off, I'm, I'm flipping them off. Yeah, yeah it I'm, sets the tone. It sets the tone for everything. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know that, and if that is your life, then you're going to be a wreck. 
every single day. And, and people won't and, be wanting to. And, and, and then when you do have a good day, that feels uncomfortable. <gasps> Something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> Something's wrong. I'm waiting for that bad thing to happen because that's what's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And even like my wife, she could tell the difference if I get up and meditate or if I don't. If I don't, my day's lousy. It seems like everything's out of order. I woke up late. Now I'm scrambling to do everything. And it just, it, it just doesn't seem like things go right. But if I get an opportunity, you know, to get up around, you know, 3.30 and take the time, you know, and it's not like, you know, I don't know, it's enjoyable to me, you know, to kind of release those endorphins inside my brain that make you feel like a good person. And, and it gives you a hope, drive, and um, belief, you know? Yeah. Every morning I do it. He just says something that <laughs> I've been telling people and they think I'm crazy for it. If you do the research, the Oprah's, the Dwayne Johnson's, the people who are more successful in this world, the average wake up sleep is between 3.30 and 4.30. I mean, it is, it is set that they wake up between these times. And we don't even need an alarm. Right? And that's how, it's, it's just I, strange. I wake up at literally 5.28, 5.29. I've never used an alarm. Because I, I already know. My body is yep. already wired to do it. Yep. My grandma is possible. Me that. She's like, you don't need a clock. You when people need. tell me I'm not a morning person, I'm like, I do not want to be around you. I, I like get get <laughs> away from me because what you're saying is you'd rather wake up at twelve. I'm, you're. I don't understand that. What are you gonna do with your life? Yeah. What What are you doing? Might as well How say that the average life is a hundred. Well, then cut me up at fifty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Let's go back to that that room and like finish up. Is this is this like the turning point? It was this long six months, and then what I realized is, you know, and I, and I love you know the man that raised me, but I realized I don't want to be that. I don't want to be him anymore because I was not being me. I was living as him because I could see him, and so I knew who he was. So I tried to be that. I guess you know to where I was something. You know, so I was trying to follow his footsteps and, and just be a, a, just a, a very vicious, um, non-caring. Like, it, it was, it was, it was scary because when you don't know who you are and you have to be that person, how do you do that if, if you don't know? You know, so what I started doing is I started journaling. Um, I started writing down, you know, and it's funny because me and my wife will go back and we'll find little uh, things that I had written and it's like, oh my goodness. And it's, it's funny because it brings me right back to that day. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but if I read something that I wrote 10 years ago, I could remember sitting and writing it and I could remember what kind of day I had, you know, but um, journaling helped me out a ton because something about the visual you know, seeing it, you know, because you can imagine it, but once you see it on paper, it's like, right. okay, I believe it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, and, and I don't know. I don't know if you listen to, to our podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't, but <laughs> we're getting there. I said this, you have to be able to write it down because when you write it down, it creates a thought. And then that thought creates a feeling, right? So it, it is important. Like in, in a vision, you have to see it. If you don't see it, then you're lost. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you can't believe it. Yeah. And when I tell people. Your mind will block you. But from... here's the problem with with people when therapists go journal. 
go journal about your day and somehow it's going to turn up in a core and they're going to read everything about you. Like, I feel like that's media, right? What I'm saying is there, there is this other component and I don't know if you've done this and if you don't haven't done this, do this. You journal for 30 days without reading it, right? You don't read the day before and the day before you just write for 30 days. There's research that shows that if you write for 30 days, at the end, end of those 30 days, you go back and you process that you are your biggest cheerleader because you personally can see your own growth without a therapist, without your mom, without your spouse, anybody you see it and say, Oh my gosh, where I was is not where I'm at now, but humans, we want yay growth. We want to see results. Yay. Big. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the fitness world. And I'm like, not a quitter. I'm like, I'm still showing up. I don't care. <laughs> so, think, so think of this. What is a goal without a plan? It just remains a goal. It's just a dream. Yeah, it's just. And yeah. that's what I keep telling her. I say, I kind of say a little different than you. I just say, but I like that. I just, yeah. what so is it? So what is my journal? Goal? My journal is my plan. So when I write down my plan to reach my goal, now I've finished the process. So now I, all I got to do is follow that plan. So when I, when I think of a dream or a dream, when I think of a goal, because I'm very goal orientated, I, I, and that's really how I have to live my life is I, is I set goals. Um, and, it just helps me along. But if I don't write down, you know, the plan, you know, for my day or, or what I did, you know, and I could look at it and say, okay, yeah, that did help me, you know, towards my goal. Well, I'm creating a plan. So now I'm going to be a millionaire. Great. You know, and, I, I, I can't wait for that. I, yeah, <laughs> He's like me too. I can't wait for that too. Or success, you know, because a lot of people measure success with money, but Really, uh, and that's the other thing about our, our facility is is 3D Fitness, um, me and my wife decided we're not going to chase the dollar, you know. Um, you know, we're okay, you know, financially. So what we did is we provided a comfortable place. Um, and a lot of people think that fitness is physical. Fitness is at least 70%, if not more, mental. Totally. I totally agree with that because when I've been the healthiest, I can see my body. And when I've been struggling mentally with bills, relationships. The, the surgery you just went to, you talked yeah, about how unhealthy yeah. you ate for 14 I, I, days. Yeah, it was comfort. <sighs> In my mind, I always say, Let's, I'm going to go to the gym. I've been paying for a gym for the last two years. I don't think I, I've been once, once. Which is goes back to what you're saying. It's just What comes first, motivation or movement? And it's movement. Get there. And, and, and that's why I try to tell people motivation is nothing. Motivation is nothing. Motivation is just the, the engine. You start the car. That's it. But you have to move, do you the have rest. You put it in drive. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Now now I can have somebody who actually is, has, I don't know, the, the credentials to say that. They see me, they see this, and they're like, well, what do you know about working out? Well, well not just working out, just think yeah. of anything. So, so you could put a list of things that you want. So put like... Um, a, a small short-term goal list, right? And then start deciding, okay, what am I going to do to reach that fitness? Okay, so I'm going to discipline myself to get up at 5 a.m., go to the gym, even if it's for 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. It's going to create a habit. That 15 minutes is going to grow into more and more and more, but you got to start with the movement. And then from moving, getting there for 15 minutes, then comes the motivation. Then that 15 minutes is going to grow into more and more and more. And that's not just, I'm using fitness because I know fitness, but that's just, um, so say, 
You come home every day from work and your wife's doing the dishes and you think to yourself, oh, I should probably help her. But you sit down and you watch TV. You know, you come home, you see your wife doing the dishes, you sit down, you watch TV. But in your head, you're thinking, ah, I should probably help her. Well, take a sticky note and put on that TV and train your subconscious with your conscious. Before you turn that TV on, you look at that sticky note and say, nope, go help your wife. Yes. You do that and you create a habit, you know, and then the habit becomes a pattern. And then now you're happy because your wife, you, you just feel that you're helping you know and it's a purpose and it's it's fun it it really is it's not fun in the very beginning but you know once you both sit there and enjoy washing the dishes together it it becomes kind of a a fun time that you share with your wife absolutely and this is i mean we should hang out or even so (laughs) because one of the things i say is if you want to start being transforming you have to bring it from a subconscious level absolutely to a conscious level and th- they don't teach you this in group and what i always tell people is if you hypothetically can't stop cussing you would write cussing on your on your, on your hand so every yeah, time you look at it oh am i cussing you would bring awareness if you're cussing or not yeah he'll make like the kids do tally marks yeah and i would tell so every time you say many, that yeah how many times have you said that the other day and they would look at it by the third day they've decreased saying that because now they're consciously aware whether or not they're saying the, I don't knows, right. Then I don't know. I don't want to live. Although the more you actually pay attention to the, your thoughts, if you don't want to live, you decrease them. But people are so scared of them, of actually thinking that, that they think it actually creates more of a stigma of, I'm going to go towards suicide. No, the more you think about it, it's like, well, do I really feel like I want to die right now? Well, no. Well, okay. Then you put it down. Right. So I'm, I'm, I, I agree with that. But what also you need to do is you need to replace that with a positive thought. Because think of this. Um, what, so if I think about the past every day. So say, say I was in a relationship and we broke up, but I think about her every day. So how am I going to move forward if my thoughts are always in the past? So what you need to do is you need to replace that memory with a new thought to bring you to tomorrow. Does that kind of make sense? EMDR. Yeah. That's EMDR. <laughs> Replacing a negative thought with a positive. Yeah. And this is where people go go wrong. Because when I, well, how can I think of my, I think a son dying? How can I think of that as a, something positive? Well, I'm not trying to say that's positive. It's just the energy that, that it has. What you can tell the next person about your own experience creates the positive. And it'll help them. And and so, so and this is the other thing is, is as humans, we really thrive on, you know, helping other people. So if you could take your situation and use it. So, okay. So my son died. Well, I know what I, the pain that I felt when my wait, son died. Wait, did that really happen? No, like, no. Oh, okay. No, I, I was like, wait a second. Hold on. I was like, back it up. No, no. Back it up. An example. Okay. Example. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what I do is I take that, oh, hypothetically, what I would do is I'd take that pain and I would channel it to help somebody else that's feeling the pain. So it takes my pain away. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. That makes so it actually sense. helps you you know, deal with your pain by helping somebody else through their pain. So if that makes sense. Denzel Washington says, teach one or each no, grab one, one. Each, one each one, teach one. one. Meaning that you're going to pretty much do the same thing. Meaning that you're going to. When you make it, you reach back. And, and you, you grab. Them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I've always said this, when your story is an aha moment, it's when you're able to create that impact. But if it's in the, ooh, ew, like, why'd you tell me that? Stop talking about your story. Because you're still like in that victim Because stage. you're giving me that you're negative giving the energy. energy. Yeah. You're giving it to me. You're feeling better. But you're not helping me. So and that's I what that. I really like about Charlie is that he's so positive and he brings such 
a great like uh, environment for people to gather and like these results. Like I've seen the people in the gym. I train with you. I've tr- the first time I trained with you, I felt like I've been working out for four plus years regularly. And the first time I worked out with you, I felt like a baby giraffe. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I've never worked out in my life. Like you can see your drive, your passion, like all those three D's, like that's it. That is you. And through your story, like I, I get it on a whole different level and I see the value and your passion and your drive. And when I look at you, I don't see like this big, tough, scary guy. Like I see like, uh, gen- uh, like uh, a gentle giant uh, almost. A, like- a guy that likes to go in the bathroom every once in a while. Here's the one thing. And, I, and I'm saying this from a personal perspective. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a lot of people feeling this way. I can get up at 5.30. Tell me to get up at 4.30, I can do it. Walking out that door, maybe one day I can do it. No, no, because you're telling yourself that. That's exactly what I say. Even hypothetically, if I can do that, I need a person on the other side who can make me feel safe. Because there's nothing worse than going to the gym and feeling like you're, you're lost. Right. And I think that's part of a lot of like the issue going to a therapist. Don't know anything about therapy, going to the gym and and feeling like a fool for, for lifting that And And that's why you get the memes and seeing people on on media and saying, look what this guy's doing. (laughs) Right. And this guy might be thinking he's actually training his head. Right. And that's what stops us from going to the gym. How do we get past that? Um, so that one's very, very <laughs> tricky. Um, and that's kind of why we've designed our gym the way that we have is, is um, it's a member referral only um, because it took me a while to realize this. I love working out. So Go, No way. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me what I love doing. <laughs> so, so I assumed everybody loved working out. Well, it was later, you know, that I realized I was had a client and she's all, I hate this. I hate this. And I'm like, goodness. You know, so what I realize is not everybody likes working out, but everybody likes to feel good. So what we've done is like Friday nights, we have old school rap. You know, people are some people are just there for social, you know, kind of work out a little bit, but we all have fun and stuff. But what it does is it actually gets them in there and, and, you know, starting to move around and feel comfortable, you know, rather than going to um, a, a commercial gym to where they don't know anybody and they don't know how to exercise. So what do they do? And they get on a treadmill. And they just do the treadmill, you know, um, because they just don't feel comfortable. And so a lot of people call us the cheers. Uh, I don't know. There was an old uh, show called Call cheers, cheers. Yep. you know, and you'd walk in everybody know your name. So that's kind of like how 3d fitness is, you know, it's a very family, um, very tight knit and everybody's so willing to help each other. And if they're not, usually they don't hang Stick out around. for very long and they end up, you know, at a, at a bigger, so people that are looking for dates, um, People that are in there going, look at me, look at me, um, you know, just, you know, um, people that are there to help other people, man, we love them. We invite them. Well, and I think that you guys together, like, create that environment. Oh, that was another thing. So another, I, uh, so I started studying quantum physics. Thank you. Bring yeah. it, bring it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Epigenetics, quantum physics, bring it, bring yeah. it. So I'm a huge believer in energies and stuff. Um, because if you think about it, like, if you ever study anything like that, you, you start understanding how energies work and how they complement each other and how, um, laws of attraction. So um, what we do is, is me and my wife, we, uh, and we're an awesome team. And I think that's another thing that works in our favor is that we really, truly love each other. And 
I mean, not that we always get along. Sometimes she hates me, you know, and sometimes she wants, you know, but we share a love for each other that um, the energy goes out to everybody in the gym, you know, um, and it just, you know, feeds the gym, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, I love quantum physics. I love and that it. helped me out a lot too. I used to do this this thing and I work at a psychiatric hospital where I would put water, right? And I think there's mm -hmm. there's this I do know I remember this. To where you would talk positive to a water and then you would pour it to another one and then you would drink it. Okay. People think that's crazy. But what you're putting in the water, the atoms, everything about it creates a difference. If you, in the same way it goes with the rice, there's this rice experiment to where you put it in opposite sides of the house. When you're having a bad day, go to what, that rice and talk mad crap about it. Yeah, you suck, you, you smell, you stinky, whatever. When you're having a good day, you go to the other rice, right? And you, you're very positive. Within, I think it's, I don't know, 30 or 60 days, the negative is just rotten. It's just nasty. And the positive, it's fine. Which no goes change. back to, to quantum physics. It's just a, a plant. The same thing with a plant. And a plant is easier to see because I think it happens a lot faster. I mean, a plant will wilt and, you know, kind of wither, you know, if, if you're always being negative. And then uh, uh, the one that you're being positive and giving the love to or the energy, mm -hmm. you know, because what is love? Love is energy. You know, um, it's going to thrive. It's going to be super green. It's going to be strong, you know. Which goes to our subconscious behavior. You can be the best parent in the world. But if your closet's full of negativity. If you're fake, you're fake. Exactly. And when I say this a to snake, people, they want to cuss me out. And, and, they're, and they're saying like, no, you're lying. And I'm like, okay, talk to me in, in, in 13 days when your kid is struggling. Which is the sad part. I don't say that. In my mind, I say that. But I'm like, okay. It, it, it really is sad. And, and this is why it's sad. is because... It's so easy for us to be fake and we pass it on. You know, here's the deal, man. Just be real. Be you. You know, like I said, you know, you'll never be 100% of somebody else, but you can be 100% of yourself. And, you know, don't try to discipline or raise your kids out of a book. You know, you feel it. We have feelings for a reason. We have the energy inside our body. You know, we know in our hearts, you know, how to deal with things, you know, just be you. Yeah. Don't don't discipline your kid this way because Sally disciplines her kid that way, you know. Or don't discipline your kids based on your own mistakes, which is the exactly. worst you can do. If I struggle with alcohol, don't hide everything about alcohol for your kid because what you're doing is don't hide anything. It, you're bringing it from a subconscious to a conscious level, and the first thing your kid's gonna do when you're out of sight, drink, drink. is go drink. It just. Things should just be what, what, what they, they are. Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, we're always curious of what's really hidden yeah. in the closet. Yeah, well, and their keywords were kids like pick up like the can't, the don't, the won't. So when you the tell them, don't touch that, all they want to do is touch it, and that you know I, I've learned that from reading some psychology stuff. So because it, it goes back to the no, they have to know. We have to know. We want to know everything, and we have to in order to correct. The behavior. You cannot correct the behavior without, oh, I don't want to think about my dad and what he did to me. That's all you're going to do is think about your dad. That's all you've done. Yeah. And you hide it. And you hide from it. From everybody else. Yeah. And then you create habits because you're thinking about it so you think other people could see it on you. So then you become fake, you know, to hide it even that much more. 
and it's so tiring. It, yeah, it's so exhausting. I I talk about like being a, on <laughs> right. a hamster wheel when you cre- you go back and you start slipping back into like the same pa- patterns, and it's just like you're just constantly running and it's just exhausting. But once you get off and you're aware and you consciously make a decision to do something different, like wash the dishes instead of watching TV. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel better and you're not so tired. Like, and you can see it. Other people see it. So true. When I'm most tired. Quantum physics. When I was <laughs> energy. Two days ago, I was so tired. So tired. And my kids were like, let's go frisbee golfing. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the last thing I want to do. I go frisbee golfing. I spend the energy that they need. I give even more. And in return, I get I get more. I get back and I'm pumped. I'm watching Netflix. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it, it'd be amazing. Like, I'm <laughs> supposed to be asleep, but I'm not. But it's it's what you give. I don't believe in karma. I don't. I think that's 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 a totally different. I believe everything happens for a reason. That laws of attraction. You put out positive. You will attract positive. Well, I always say, like the universe, whatever you put into the universe, it always pays you back fairly. I believe that. Yeah. You surround yourself with more positive people. You will get the people negative out of your life very, very fast. In my groups, I start doing that and people just start walking out. Walking people out. Start, and once they work out, I'm like, And then right, I have to take care of them. Boom. <laughs> she takes care of the medication and I'm like, I can start group now because laws of attraction will push them out. So um, kind of wrapping this back around to this turning point in your life. Yes. And your purpose now, like you created this gym, you created successes and reading through your bio, like the abuse, the absent mother, the, the violence. And now like you're so happily married. You have this phenomenal gym. You've created an environment for people to come together like a community not a lot of people could do that. That goes a million questions. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm how, how, how did you decide <clears throat> to do that? And what more do you want to do? And do you feel like what you created was your goal? And like, where does Mary come into this? So when, when you say, um, who do you look up to? I say, I look up to myself. And then they say, who do you want to be? And I say, I want to be me. But the person that I see myself, I'm always evolving. So I'm never really going to catch that person. So I'm always trying to be better because I see myself better and I see myself doing, you know, um, bigger and better things for people. So, and my wife, uh, we're a team, absolutely a team. And, and this sounds very strange. Yeah, uh, maybe it doesn't. Um, I believe that our souls are, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I met my soulmate or what. Um, I don't know. We just, we connected. So I'll go back real quick. Um, me and my wife only knew each other for three weeks before we got married. So we were married for, and remember, like we came from two completely different sides of the tracks. She grew up very, very wealthy. Her father was a bigwig in uh, Pepsi-Cola. Um, so she pretty much had everything she wanted growing up. Very spoiled, um, very um, daddy's girl. Um, I grew up the exact opposite. I uh, grew up um, being an inconvenience. Um, I grew up uh, on the streets. Um, I remember um, my bedroom, there wasn't enough room in the house, so I had a tin shed outside of the house, which was my bedroom. Um, you know, so we grew up completely opposite. So, But then when we came together, it was like... Safety. Just, 
Yeah, and it, it just safety, safety, right? Complements each other. Absolutely, and that's why I tell people: if you marry the same person that you're it, then you're going to go as far as yourself because right. you're marrying the same person. And we've been married twice. twice. <laughs> Wait, you guys have been married twice? <laughs> yes. Mary. Yes. Yeah, it took him a while to figure it out. We were married for about a year and a half. Will you bring that closer to you a little bit so we yeah. can hear you? We were married about a year and a half, and then um, we called it quits. We got divorced for about six months, and I had blocked him from all social media, so he couldn't, he can't text me, he can't get a hold of me anyway. And then he sent me an email one day. <laughs> can we Silence. go have coffee? I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I, I remember saying, come on, Mary, it's just coffee. What could happen over a cup of coffee? But I talked to her. Here we are. I talked to her. That's what we did. That's what Amy and I did. We go to coffee and here we are. Yeah. That's the, it's truly all like we have a phenomenal like working relationship and we're really excited to be able to have the show. Like we've worked together for three to, well, going on three, four years. Yeah, something like that. And we've worked together. We've worked apart and we've come back like this has all been developing for like years like we got to do this we got to yeah we got to get tell people why opposites do work please tell them yeah i believe that so she fills in my gaps and i fill in her gaps so if you think about two rigid things and they come together but they fit so think about like um um a puzzle you know the the shape of the piece is different than every other piece but two pieces are going to fit together and me and my wife would just fit together yeah you know, um, and going back. So I thought, you know, I, I did a lot of like, uh, you know, self-work, you know, really focusing on myself all the way. I've never been married. Um, I waited till I was 40 years old to be married um, because I was never real. So I could never be with a girl to where I could allow her to see who I really was. So what I would do is I'd get in these, um, I wouldn't even call them, well, they were relationships, but in my Situations. head, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, we're buddying around. You know, Unhealthy and I would look, behavior. Yes, absolutely. Um, so when I got married, I really didn't know how to be married. So there was a lot of things that I was lying about, mostly money, um, because money was my security because I grew up so poor that I didn't want to share my money. And when you got it, you spend it. No, no, Are I don't. Doing? Nope. Okay. No, I'm a, I'm a hoarder. I hoard, <laughs> I hoard money, which is really strange. And I think it's because of my, you know, um, OCD. It kind of gives me that comfort uh, of safety. Mm -hmm. um, so when we got married, um, I had, you know, a couple of different bank accounts and stuff, and I didn't disclose all of it i i you know <laughs> that's cute i didn't want her name on some of my accounts only because you know i grew up you know with beliefs that you know women because of how my family was yeah. you know uh, men are just there you know to serve a purpose um get what we can get out when we can you know so i kind of you know thought mm, man i don't really want to you know put her name on my accounts because you know what if she takes my money then i'm sitting out in the rain you know all by myself so some bank statements came and stuff and she's all, what is this? And I go, Oh, and then, um, there were some other issues, you know, that uh, I was, you know, not, um, I wasn't lying, but I just wasn't, well, no, it was lying. You know, I'm not going to minimize it or justify it or anything like that. It was, it was absolutely lying. Um, I, I thought I wanted a partner, but I wasn't willing to be completely open to have a partner. So we ended up getting a divorce and then about six months, you know, through the six months, man, life was rough. It was like, I lost my best friend. I lost my wife. I lost, you know, the person that makes me secure. So now it got to the point where it was like the money didn't make me secure. My wife makes me secure. So when I asked her to go out for coffee, you know, we kind of hung out for, you know, a little while. Um, yeah. What happened at coffee? 
So what we I, I just told her. I was, he provided all the bank statements. <laughs> <laughs> he said, take all my money, leave me in the rain, I mean, if I was put me back in the padded like, room, Ooh. give me my Bible. This is the best of worst case scenarios. <laughs> exactly. Because you would think he'd be in debt for like $300,000. Well, yeah, and right? you get the opposite? I, yeah. Woof. That's so, good. So what That's I did was I, I was like, hey, listen, if I'm going to keep this girl, I gotta, I just have to be honest about everything, you know? And so I was, and she, I think she's seen that I was, you know, legit. Like, okay, you know what? You know, he's he's human, he's fallible. He's kind of a mess when it comes to relationships or, you know, opening myself up, um, you know? And so when I did, and now there's no secrets between us. There's nothing. Like, there's nothing that I think would shock her. You know, so because it's all out there. So and and I think that's really what makes us who we are is is I know and everything about her, she knows everything about me. So we run as one unit. So, Mary, what do you think? Like, what was what was your turning point of like this? Co- was this coffee date like were, you, were for six months? Were you like, I don't give a. Well, damn about I, this. Guy. You know, like, oh, she when you're acts like, but I'm okay, yeah, okay. So I want to know for that six months, you where know, like, are you? What are you doing? When you're in a relationship, you're like, it takes a little while before you're kind of feeling good and feeling like you got this. I was at that point where I'm like, I'm good here. I'm prepping for another show. I have another coach. I'm doing great. And then he gets a hold of me. It's like I'm doing fine. Like I don't need to go to coffee with you. Like I don't want to go so back. So why to did that you go? Place. I have no idea. I mean, really thinking back. I don't know. I guess I thought he's not going to change. They don't change. He's going to be the same person that he was why we got divorced. But. Divine did. intervention. Yeah. He changed. Silence. I mean, it, and it goes back to what you were thinking in prison, right? Like when, when you don't have that, that human connection. And if you do have one, you're able to realize, well, that's it. And, and when you sit down and think, okay, what do I really want in life? What, what is life all about? Is it about money? No. You know, what makes me feel safe? My wife makes me feel safe, you know, and then I try to provide for her the same security. Like, you know, I'm more physical, more, you know, um, you know, I'm willing to go dig ditches to make a buck, you know, so she could have, you know, what she wants. She's my rock. She's like, all I need to be strong is for her to say, you know, we could do this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if she said it, it's, we're doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what made you decide to get remarried, Mary? Because he's not going to change. The coffee, the because coffee he actually did change. The things that he, that I felt he needed to work on. And a lot of it was from his past. Like he didn't see what a married couple looked like. You know, and I would say to myself, haven't you like watched a movie or seen TV and <laughs> like book? seen how this, you know, how it really works? You've got mail. But he Little just mermaid. didn't. It reminds me of me. You've got mail. but he just he didn't know he really didn't know so but that like how are you attracted to that like you grew up in this like but i think it goes back to white family she knew now versus before perhaps either he knows he doesn't want to do it but now he he's telling me and that's why i would say i when i go to couples therapy i say to know to like to trust to depend to love you have, have to, to know have those things. Before. You have to know. You have to know but why it, he's hoarding the money. Here's the really weird thing: the second we seen each other, it 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 already happened. Did you feel the same, Mary? I did. Yeah. But so he, you already he, knew. He, I'm he in. You already knew. I'm in. Ready for that? Yeah. It was very strange. Like uh, our so. What coffee shop was this? Well, this is even before the first <laughs> time we got married. So I used to train her trainer, 
And her trainer said, hey, you got a show coming up. I know a guy that's really, really good, you know, as far as that last 30 days, really getting you where you need to be. So she came down and she trained at my facility. And right away, like she was telling me why she doesn't date short guys. I was telling her why I don't date tall girls. Like, but it was weird because nobody had even talked about dating each other. But we jumped right in. Like we were both feeling that, um, that. Like chemistry. The chemistry and, and like a pull, a gravity towards each other. You know, and, and you know, I I got super shy. You know, I was like, oh, boy. What yeah, here's I Charlie walking me to my truck, looking at the ground, kicking the gravel. It's like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like this confident, like. I want to know how you're attracted to that. When that's Vulnerability. Exactly... It's called vulnerability. It's but, seeing something So that's what else. it is because she. Everything that yeah, know. she's really not in short guys. Well, I have this, <laughs> get this list of like this is the kind of guy that I'm looking for, and the he rock. did not meet any Blaine of those Johnson. criteria. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> hey, and I'm like, I'm not attracted right. to Let's him. Put it out there. Yeah, he's not my type. Like, and I told him that you're not my type. Like, don't worry, fella. Like, I'm not, don't worry. I'm not interested fella. in you. <laughs> but then there was just something about him that I'd went home and I kept thinking, I can't wait till my next training session. And it's like, why am I thinking that? But I could not get him out of my head. And then the next training session came and then it was just like, there's just this. I can only say it's chemistry. Like you hear about it, but you think, what are they talking about chemistry? But that's the only thing I could think of. And he was having it too. And I was like, you're not my type. Why can I not stop thinking about you? And and he was doing the same thing. And then, um, gosh, we went down to the cross to get a marriage license and ended up getting married that same day. Yeah. Three weeks, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Three weeks together for how long? Separated for six months and remarried. Yep. And now you own a gym. Yep. Where Where is 3D at? It's, um, I'll let Mary tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, We're in Nampa. Um, the address is 911th Avenue South and right in downtown Nampa. Is that over the bridge? It is. Yeah. I, I see it. So now you both train out of the gym. Charlie's the head coach. You used to be a dental hygienist. Mm -hmm, yes. And you just quit doing that. Like, that's a good job. Yeah. I had to talk her into it. Okay. Because I don't know if I could quit that. Like, Faith. That. Leap of faith. So you quit your job. You're training. You run this gym. Is it everything that you designed it to be? Like, what? Close. It is, but it's never ever going to be finished it's always charlie always has different ideas and different goals and like it's never going to be what he wants it to be because he always wants to be better you know he can serve he wants to have a clinic for obese people so that's like that's a goal you know we want to have a bigger facility where we can have more members and help more people that's another goal so it's always like there's always something better that he's striving for yeah i know i've had some conversations with charlie like he you're like a book of knowledge and someday you should like write a book about yourself and then give it to people and because you're you're just so smart and i read about your story and i'm like i just want i just want more and like i, I like your energy i work out in your gym i want i tell people all the time like i've never experienced anything so like wholesome for what my needs are so and, and it makes you happy right Oh, yeah. So that's really our goal of the gym. It's not, I mean, it does focus on fitness, but it focuses on being happy, being happy with you, believing in yourself. And, and I think that 
that's what me and my wife really, really push. It's not so much, I mean, obviously fitness is the attraction, you know, to get people there, but our goal is physically and mentally. Like we want everybody to believe in themselves. There's so many people out there that don't believe in themselves. You know, the person that says I can't and the person that says I can, you know, and a lot of people know this, they're both right. So if you're telling yourself you can't, which we don't believe in that word, we, you know, it's just not a word that we use. Um, you can't because you've already made a decision that you can't. Um, people that say that they can. So, you know, people that don't know no better, they'll do something without knowing that they're not supposed to be able to do it. You know, so let's let's use a, a four minute mile. You know, everybody said that it was impossible to run a four minute mile. Once that four minute mile was broke, everybody breaks the four minute mile. So now once you can, you can. When you say you can't, you can't. Yeah. How do we get those people like me, the people who might listen to are interested, who are wanting, who doesn't want the big corporations, right? The ones that are established all over Boise. How do we, how do you, how, what do you, what do you want to tell them in terms of what they're going to get when they get there? How do we make them comfortable enough to get out of that comfort zone into that gym? We start off with a joke. Let's hear it. it well, no, I mean, it's it, a knock knock joke, isn't it? it? No, no, no. I love those. No, it's just, it's just it, like it, it's to get them to laugh. You know, once you get you laugh, you relax. You know, and it, you know, and so we kind of be goofy. You know, not too witty. Kind of, you know, act a little. You know, yeah. um, and then it, it, so we entertain them. You know, but the entertainment serves a purpose. So if you can make somebody feel comfortable, you know, through entertaining them, then they're comfortable in the facility and then they're more likely to come back. And then, you know, they just have fun and then they start meeting other people that entertain, you know, and then they meet people that have the same likes and, you know, and it, it just kind of grows like that. Um, so like I said, it all starts mental, you know, so, um, you know, either we like um, compliment, you know, which compliments. So here's the thing is, is you could change a person's day by just saying, oh, your nails are you know, pretty. I, li I like what they did with their nails. It gives them like the, the feeling of being pretty, you know, and then now they feel pretty throughout the whole day. So it's easier for me to say, wow, I really like your hair, you know, and, and put plant that seed to where now you have a great day because you feel pretty because your hair looks good, you know, and I validated that you wanted your hair to look good when you were doing it. Well, now I just told you your hair looks good. So now it's like, oh, wow, I look pretty today. You know, so we, we try to really, uh, you know, compliment, you know, and just let people know that, hey, you're a pretty person. Yeah. That's just how it is. You know, everybody's pretty. Mary, what can we expect? What are the hours? How can I get, how can I get involved in 3D? So our office hours are from nine to five, Monday through Friday. We, it's a 24 hour access gym. So our members have 24 hour access. Do you have an Instagram? Like, can they find you on Instagram? Um, we do have an Instagram and Facebook. It's 3D Fitness LLC. Um, but, I mean, I think mostly we just want, we listen, you know, like when someone comes in, like listen to what their goals are and, you know, try to help them reach their goals and make it a comfortable spot. Because like you said, some people walk into the gym and they're like, Super intimidating, especially when there's people in there that. So they'll pay for a gym like membership for two years. Yeah, and go one go. time. Yeah. <laughs> you're our dream. Like you pay us. But you're you the dream. <laughs> and I think that's the worst: just walking in, having all this motivation, getting there, seeing all these people working out, 
and you're and no one's paying attention is. to you and it's like okay it took so much for me to just walk in the door yeah. and you can't even look at me to tell me you want to pay me 30 bucks for the next two years absolutely yeah. <laughs> right so i i think that the biggest difference is if i walk in somewhere which it sounds like that's kind of the the idea that you're going to look at me for who i am and the expectation is it's not to look like Charlie. <laughs> Absolutely. The expectation is my expectation yeah. and what I want out of it. And it's not my, it's not, it's not maybe physique, but it's overall because if healthy, the if mental healthy, and the physical, exactly, together. everything just matches. I'm happy. So do you think that's part of like your guys's design was like the mental and the physical, like come together, whatever, whatever it is that you want, whether it's like, a stronger mind, a better aesthetic. Do you remember the questionnaire that you filled out when you very first hired me as, um, a, as a trainer? I do remember filling that what out. What your goals are. Have you ever yes. worked with a trainer before? How yes. serious are you? So what we do is we take that and then we cater to it. So we figure out, because if you knew how to get to your goal, you had already done it. You went to had to hire us. So what we do is we take the information that we collect from you and we figure out a realistic path to get to that goal. And sometimes the goals aren't realistic right away. But so what we'll do is we'll kind of talk to you and say, okay, you know what? What about this is more realistic and this is why. And, and we break it down to science. You know, um, you know, it takes 3,500 calories to equal one pound of fat, you know, and this is how many calories we're going to burn during cardio. This is how you know, far we're going to go in the deficit without you know, hurting ourselves with the micronutrients you know, to where the body's getting all the, the nutrients that it needs. Um, you know, and so we set realistic goals. And then once they hit that goal, then boom, it's, we're golden. Once they hit their first goal, they truly start believing in themselves. And that's when the magic works. When you get to see somebody, so I have a client, she was, matter of fact, I had to buy a special scale because the scale, she was too heavy for our regular scale. So I bought a digital scale and it was actually for um, luggage or something. It was, you know, a big scale. So when she starts, she's lost over a hundred pounds now, but when she started dropping weight, so the other thing is when we first started, she could only walk two minutes on the treadmill and that was it. That was all the cardio we could do. Man, today she could walk miles if she wants. You know, um, she believes in herself. Um, it helped her marriage. So she was so she was bigger to where she slept in a lazy boy. It was what she say like ten years yeah. since she had actually slept in the bed with her husband. Now that she's smaller, she can get in and out of the bed and she gets to enjoy you know life with her husband. Wow. And, and so that is where we measure our success. It's not about how much money we have in the bank or anything like that. It's it's stories like that. Like oh wow. You know, that's who I am and that's what I do. That's Charlie Fortec. Yeah, that's inspiration. That's very inspirational. Yeah. It's the impact. This is this is what we want to bring in people. Right. To so, make the impact. People who want to make the impact in our community. It's not about the money. It's about the impact. That you make your value and your purpose. And we want to get that out to people. Just like as much as we can. When, when you become a slave to the dollar is when you lose focus on, you know, who you are and what you're about, because then you're willing to compromise your morals and your beliefs because you see what you want. Now, I've adjusted my thinking to where I don't, not that I don't care about money. You know, obviously I got to pay my bills. I got to take care of my wife, you know, my kids and stuff like that. But I focus more on what can I do for this person rather than what can I get from this person. Um, and I think when before 
before your turning point, it was you were a taker. You were like everything. What can I get from them? Yeah. What can I take from them? And, and so, I didn't until care. you met someone who had way more than you, you're like, oh, yeah. What a what a balance. Like what? Yeah. What a shift. Like that. Huge, huge. And, and I was I was raised like that. Like no, you take, you take, you take, you take. Or you preserve. Not, like somebody's going to take from you. You protect yourself. Yeah. Self preservation. So yeah, you're in your story. I mean, we're gonna probably wrap this up here pretty soon, but but it's crazy how wealthy I am. <laughs> I mean, in, in my in in me inside, me, yeah. yeah. You know, like um, you know, it, it's it's just very very rewarding. It's um, yeah, I'm okay with who I am, and that makes me richer than I could ever be. You know, money wise. Yeah, yeah. Inky you know? Johnson says it. Worth is determined by. When you're taking away all your your wealth, yeah, Inky Johnson says that and says well, that's how you determine how much wealth you have. It's when everything that has to do with money is taken away from you, and you're left with nothing. And then who? But really who you are. are you? Yeah. So also, when I was listening to that Joe Rogan experience with David Goggins, he talks about his book, like he wrote his own book, and people tried to buy it from thirty thousand. Then he came back with three hundred thousand, and he's like, "Oh no, no, no! It ain't worth that. Like my life is more valuable." than a dollar so he's like so quit your job <laughs> don't quit your job but i love that you say that like the value that you got that you have and what you're doing for people is so much more than just a dollar bill absolutely and i think that drives your i don't know i think it just makes you more and like powerful together what, what do you live by fear or faith Faith. Faith. Yeah, faith over yeah. fear. I say it all the time. Absolutely. You so, got to faith over so fear. And it's, it's. What is a dollar? A dollar is a sign of fear. You're fearful not to have it. But if you have faith that you're going to be taken care of by helping other people, you're golden. I love your story of transformation that you started with nothing. Nothing, nothing. You were. <laughs> not even, not you even were beaten. Good clothes to go to school with. You were abandoned. You were lost like you literally had scratch like nothing and the transformation in your own decision like the what, what you chose to do to become who you are to where you are now and how you want to like give give it away like give it back and somehow that feeds you it makes you feel more wealthy i guess yeah that Story is incredible, and I want more people to hear about that. And, and I might show up at your gym one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you can come with me. And, and if I'll I run you. away, just try to just 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 grab me. Grab you gotta me, get over the cause, fear because I well they'll take your money. I mean, two uh, years you, you don't show up, like that's I have no problem with that. <laughs> I, I, as Planet of it's been, <laughs> it's been there for I don't know how long, so I will cancel that. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, 3D Fitness is it's dope. You've got to check it out. Uh Charlie, before we say goodbye, like what what more did you like what are we leaving out? Like what else did you want to like say that you I want just, people to know? I, I think the biggest message is is don't be a victim. Just don't because if you if you're a victim, you're going to stay in that hole, you know, that rut, you know. And it's it's really not easy, you know. But you just got to do it. You know, um or else you're going to be in the same situation day after day after day so and and this is the other thing that i tell a lot of people baby steps man don't try to do everything at once just find one thing focus on that 
and add to it and then add to it and then add to it. You know, a year goes by and then you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I actually did it because, you know, it, it, it does. It takes time and it takes discipline, dedication, Small progress better yeah. than no progress. Yeah. That's what I say. A little bit of something's better than a lot of nothing. I love that. I love that. Monday motivation, 5 a.m. I think this will do it. If you don't get into the gym after this, then. Well, if you don't do something for yourself, like focus on, that's what he said. Focus, focus on one thing. Yeah. So this week you can focus on one thing. Get up and go for a walk. Yeah. Just do one thing. Do it for yourself. Do something for yourself. Change your mentality. From victim to learner. And if you need, you need a support like Charlie and Mary. They're there. They're there for you. They want. They want to. They want to be helpful. there next week. Everybody just. Everybody show up. <laughs> All together. <laughs> overwhelm them. Give your money away. If you're gonna give it, give it to somebody who's gonna actually do something with it. Yeah. And that's another thing. I try to do everything for free. No, oh, yeah, no, you were, no, but I will give you my money for free if I can do it. I'd rather <laughs> give it to you than Planet Fitness. My, my wife, she's all, uh, you went to college. Your your knowledge is, you know, valuable because I would love just to train people for nothing. That's passion. Yeah. That's that passion is. right yep. there. Yeah, way back when we started, Charlie would tell someone would say, well, how much is, you know, the price for a session? And Charlie would tell them, and then he'd say, can you afford that? And I'm like, oh. okay, you need to stop saying that because you're, you know, it's valuable. What we offer is valuable. And it's valuable to them too. You need to, you know, it's worth something for them and for us. So he doesn't do that anymore. And the other thing that I found is that when you give it away, people don't value it. But if they're paying for it, then they, you know, appreciate it more and they, they, you know, don't want to waste their money. So, you know, even if they don't like doing it, they do it, you know. Unless you're Mo, you just pay for a membership. You don't show up. You got to show up, Mo. Show up. Well, thank you for coming to our show. Uh, your story's phenomenal. Can't wait to share it. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.